Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Terms show, we have brought back Pierre-Paul Tourjean, and the reason we brought him back is the last time he was here, he talked about multi-unit investing and what we could all learn from an ex-CMHC underwriter who uh, buys apartment buildings himself, but this time, it's a much different conversation. He wanted to come back to kind of share with people in Ontario what is actually happening in Alberta, specifically in the Edmonton area. He owns a bunch of apartment buildings out there, and he's seeing a dramatic change in the demand and the rental prices because of what's going on in the oil and gas industry in Alberta um, with some of the provincial policies, with some of the pipeline stuff, with some of the federal government policies. So it's affecting him directly and he believes not enough of us in Ontario know what's happening out there. So he's not in the industry in himself, himself, but as real estate investors, this is like a fascinating topic because it's an, a, a clear example of how the economic environment and where you are buying can affect your properties directly. So it's really interesting to see or to listen to the viewpoint of someone who's very educated on the topic and what they're going through in Alberta. So he's sharing some of his viewpoints on more the economic and an oil and gas situation in Alberta. So great conversation, great guy, super passionate guy, as if you heard him before, you'll remember. If not, you'll hear it on this uh, conversation. Um, so we get into all different oil and gas stuff, talk about some Justin Trudeau stuff. We'll leave it at that. And listen, if you are listening to this and you want some real estate information for yourself, we have a report together that where we took the cost of university and how much it would cost to get a rental property and mapped out the financial future of both of these decisions over 10, 15, and 20 years. And we are strong believers in college and university. Both of us went there ourselves. Um, so this is not dismissing university at all or college at all. But what it is doing is just kind of mapping out the financial perhaps benefits of one single rental property in your life. And we compare it to the cost of education. We chose university. We put it all in a report with some charts mapping out the difference in your financial future. If you took the money, you were going to invest in university and just bought one property. Again, we are not dismissing the value of an education. We just thought this was an interesting exercise to look at the numbers in this way. If you want to take a look at those numbers, numbers, you might find some pretty interesting results. You can get a copy of that report at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash university. So that's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash university. With that, let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, Pierre Paul, we are we are on just so you know. So the book that I was uh, mentioning is The Rockefeller Habits. Chapter two or chapter three of the Rockefeller Habits okay. has the best one page business plan we've ever come across. Okay. You don't even need to read the whole book. You read chapter two or cha whatever chapter it is, chapter two or chapter okay. three, the best one page business plan, even, you know, for a one person business, a 10 person business, a multimillion dollar business, this book in front of us. And if you're listening to this, I know you can't see it. So I'll read it. It's, it's called Mastering the Rockefeller Habits 2.0. It's called Scaling Up. They've redone the book. So I got a copy for myself and Nick. And that's why you see it sitting here. Um, just if you're listening to this, you should know Pierre Paul just walked into my office here, which is a, a bit of a disaster like usual, and he just starts taking over. He starts grabbing books off my desk. He doesn't, I don't even know. I, well, well, I'm one of I, your followers. I have, I read you know, your, I have some uh, silver right books. here. I got to move this closer to me so that you don't... <laughs> 
<laughs> I read your, your, uh, your, I'm a follower of yours. I read your recommended keep, books. Keep the uh, mic Tom. nice and close. We yeah. want to hear all you. All right, keep, all right. Yeah, but uh, that's very kind of you. But yeah, scaling up, okay. I got a copy. If I knew you were going to be interested, I would, uh, you know what, here, you take this no, copy. No, 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 I'll get no, one. you take the copy home ah, with you. come on. No, you nice. know what, it's all my right. brother. I love it's you. Been, yeah, Thank yeah. you. Oh, yeah, Nick can do without. Fire him a beer one of these days. So this is the interesting part for me. So thank you. You don't live in the area. You're coming from Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, you came exclusively for this podcast. That's very kind of you. I know I'm joking. I know you're here doing a bunch of stuff. I'm turning <laughs> blushing here, Tom. But anyways, yeah. But uh, last time we had you on, we talked about all your CMHC days yep. and apartment buildings, which is, of course, still of interest. But you mentioned something the last time we chatted that I, I need to understand more about because I don't think I yep. understand more about it's maybe some of Alberta's kind of politics. Yeah, but not politics, but the oil politics of Alberta. Okay. And of Canada in general. So yep. educate me. Like, tell us. By the way, Nick might jump in if, mm-hmm. if, if you see him walk in, sit down. Okay. That's what's going on. Yeah, and that's what prompted me, you know, wanting to come and do a podcast with you because we have a national crisis in Canada, right? This oil and gas business is not just Alberta. We're losing $80 million a day in revenue in this country. It's not just Alberta. I mean, nationally. So that means like hospitals, uh, roads that are not built, you know, uh, schools and so on, right? So, and that's the problem. And what I find, Tom, is that the debate, that the conversation is Hold, too- hold the mic in front of you like this for me. Turn, All right. Yeah, there we go. I'm gonna, hold on, I'm going to reach. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There we go. Do it like that. Right. Yeah, there we go. There we go. I want everyone the to hear this. Why do you know, and it's before you go further, why do you know all this? Is this stuff you study well, yourself? So first of all, because my business, uh, like all of your, uh, most of all your of listeners, I'm a, yeah. I'm a real estate investor first and foremost, and I'm significantly impacted. My portfolio of 160 doors is greatly negatively impacted by what's going on. This is like fourth year going, this Got crisis. Okay. is not going because away. most of your properties are obviously in Alberta, in the They're Edmonton in area. Edmonton, correct. Okay. Correct. Got correct. So that's that's the impetus. But, you know, I studied, I was just reminding you, I studied downtown Toronto at U of T uh, years ago, so 35 years ago. And uh, when I was living out east, we we Easterners don't, don't have an understanding of the importance of the oil and gas industry in Canada. It is a major player. It is a major, the main contributor to, you know, equalization payments to Quebec, to Ontario, and the uh, provinces that have less, you know, money. So that's, it's, it's important to, and, and once, since I've been living in Alberta, now I do get it, and I feel my civic duty to educate people about this. And I also don't like, like I was about to tell you, Tom, the, the debate, the conversation around that is highly polarized. Uh, there's a lot of hypocrisy also surrounding it. Like, look, I just showed up from the airport minutes ago, man. Look at the amount of cars on the highway and everywhere, the amount of energy. I, I see like me, you wear a lot of nice Lululemon stuff uh, made of fabric that definitely need oil to be fabricated and all of that. So I, I just want to use a form like yours. Among other things, we want to talk about real estate and other things, but to kind of make sure that now that I live out West, I want people to understand that reality that impacts every Canadian. You're right, because I think living here, I kind of discounted. I don't know. I I know that Bill Gates flew over the oil sands, you know, when he mm-hmm. looked at it way back when oil was going mm-hmm. up. And I, we kind of lose- You forget Jane Fonda too. Yeah. Oh, did she? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By helicopter okay. over oh, Fort really? McMurray. So and and you forget our good friend, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Did he fly over it as well? Well, he kind of shot the Revenant, right, in Alberta. Oh, that's right. And that right. didn't have snow. And he said, what the hell, global warming, this and no. that. He didn't know about the Chinook. Do you know about the Chinook in Alberta? No. You don't? No, so. no, I've heard of it, but I don't know it but well enough to But it's the wind tell. that comes from over the mountains. Oh, and my once God. it drops You know what we our, call that? So in our place in Croatia, we call that the Bura. 
That's the wind that comes Buddha. over the mountain. Yeah, the Buddha. The, it's the is wind that a religion? Yeah, 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 no, it's not the Buddha. It's not the Buddha. It's the Buddha. <laughs> and, and it All comes right. over the mountain and it's so strong yeah. that it kind of like, you know, in the winter months, it'll like knock you down. And what and happens then, on the other side of the mountains when the uh, air goes down? I don't really know. Well, in Alberta, the temperature can increase by 10 degrees. All of a sudden, in the middle of winter, you can have not a summer day, but you the, the temperature will increase by about 10 degrees. So that's why a lot of the oil and gas companies have their head offices in Calgary versus Edmonton, because Edmonton is far four hours away from the Rockies. But when you get the Chinook, the snow melts. You can have that in the middle of uh, winter. Absolutely. So you're and, telling and, and, me Leonardo DiCaprio was wrong. It wasn't global warning. He was just on the wrong side of this. Okay. Now we're, we're on slippery, slippery oh, we? slope. Oh, well, it's environment. I don't want to be, I mean, you know what? I, 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 I jotted some notes, Tom, and you need to know something about me before we go any further, before I, can I tell hang you're myself. Passionate. You're passionate. I am, but I'm passionate about the environment. I grew up in some small town in northwestern Quebec, okay, called Noranda, or Rouen Noranda. So if you, anybody listening to this in Ontario, you know Kirkland Lake, I'm an hour east from Kirkland Lake. So the border between Quebec and Ontario is half hour east from Kirkland Lake, and Rouen Noranda is half hour inside the Quebec border. The environment is everything to me. In a given year, I know you're passionate about travel, so am I, but the environment is always part of my life. Like I was skiing until a couple nights ago, in the, a couple of days ago in the Kenny Rockies. I've been this year so far, you know, the lifestyle of a real estate investor. Uh, I think I have about 15 days of skiing and the, the, the season is just beginning, right? But I'm always in the mountains. I chose to move out to Calgary, to Alberta, to be closer to the mountains. I'm a backcountry hiker. I've hiked, as you know, with my son to Machu Picchu five days and, you know, stuff like that. The environment, I'm a fisherman. I'm a hunter. I'm always outside. That's what I love to do. So the environment means a great deal to me. But what I find about the debate with the environmentalists, and, and, and this is the part of the hypocrisy that I want to raise people's awareness about, uh, the debate is, is false. Uh, do you know that most of the campaigns, such as, uh, you know, uh, Neil Young that came and all the, a lot of these people and the demonstrators, uh, demonstrators against pipelines are actually financed by U.S. oil interests so that they can take over the market share? This is happening right now. So uh, walk me through this. They're paying for these protesters to protest against the pipeline because they want to control the current flow of oil that's happening from Canada? You got it. Or they just don't want the extra supply going anywhere? No, no. Well, that too, because then they refine it. They have more refineries than we mm -hmm. do, and they sell our cheap oil. As you know, we're selling. Price has improved recently. But what it is, it's actually, you talked about Rockefeller. Rockefeller Foundation. And this is stuff. I brought stuff, guys. You brought, if you're, no, you brought. No, I, you're prepared. I, I have been thinking Jeez. about doing this for a long time. It's my civic duty, man. Okay. I mean, people need to know this. All right, so somebody that people can research. Her name is Vivian Krause, okay, K-R-A-U-S-E, all right? And I'm just, per as an example, holding an article that's called The Cash Pipeline Opposing Canadian Oil Pipelines. She's a researcher that did the work to find out who is financing the environmentalists, all right? And it comes from foundations like the Rockefeller, as you know. And by the way, I did read that biography, John D. Rockefeller. On Audible, 27 freaking hours. <laughs> Fascinating, though. That's a thick book. I'm yeah, just that's saying. A thick book, yeah. I know, yeah. I'm mainly retentive, uh, Tom. You knew no, that. No, so no, that's no. why you I have me on your, on your podcast. I just got through a 13-hour audiobook myself. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, that's 13 hours. 20 freaking yeah, seven hours. 27 is big. Uh, yeah. Anyways, but the point is they're financing a foundation. And I, I just encourage people. Like I said, I, I, I you know, I, I'm... I'm just trying to do my civic duty because I love this country. You are the son of an immigrant, right? And, and, and I have that sense of belonging from 
both coasts. I mean, I know mostly from Quebec to the West Coast, mind you, but I love this country, and we're, we're, we're not doing good to our country right now, and that's why I feel my sense. So anyways, so Vivian Krauss, check her out. She's a researcher out of, uh, out of Edmonton that went back to the source where the money's coming from to fund uh, those demonstrations against pipeline and, and the environmentalists. And basically it's the Tides Foundation. And, you know, there's also the numbers I could but quote even here. So let me just challenge you then a little bit. Yeah. Even though those are funded by some big oil companies because they have their selfish interests in mind by preventing some of that flow, doesn't that doesn't discount maybe that it's still not a good idea. And this is coming from the uneducated over here. I'm just saying. What's not a good idea? Exactly? Well, you're going to have some people listening to this and saying they should protest because they don't want this happening and who cares if they're paid these protesters are paid by big oil companies the point is this shouldn't be happening building these pipelines because that's what we're talking about they're protesting against the pipeline yeah. development yeah so i don't care if they're funded by big oil all i care about is protecting the environment and uh if they're protesting great like when look, is that isn't that something that i'm sure no, no, someone and, would shoot and, back at you and that's what i'm saying well so that's why i stated to you how important the environment i'm an outdoorsy guy like all the time when i get a chance that's what i do i don't live in a big city i overlook the rockies i live in the country on a on an acreage so we we have an issue uh, I'm not uh, Donald Trump uh, disputing global warming, uh, Tom, by any means, that, that this is happening. But I don't know if you recall, was it you or Nick? I sent a chart of uh, how much, uh, uh, you know, gas emissions, uh, you know, uh, global warming gas emissions, Alberta and the oil sands produce and Canada in general. It's 0.15%, man. Zero. It's not even close to one freaking percent. And, you know, I can send to your listeners. I sent it to you or, or Nick it's a while I back. I forget. Okay. But, uh, uh, you know, so, so we're talking about even with all the carbon tax, which, as you know, Ontario and most provinces are now, you know, disputing and fighting the government, federal government uh, over. Uh, even if we, all the best efforts that we're doing, we're not saving the world. And not only that, but then the Americans are selling our cheap oil that comes from Canada and are taking over the market. You know? So you're you're saying when you started, you said we're losing eighty million dollars a day. So that your big picture here is that we should be developing these pipelines so that we can export more oil. It'll be profitable for the country of Canada and good for our economy. And you're also saying that you don't think there's a negative impact on the environment here. So I, am I summarizing? I'm just trying to build uh, the, the context. The last bit, yes. Okay. I like the last, except the last bit. Okay. They're, 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 you can't deny that we as human beings are having an impact in the, on the environment. Sure. Um, yeah. Right. So I'm saying, but you, you said I'm wearing a Lululemon top. And well, and I'm the same. I did look at it. Open my bag. You'll sell my Lululemon stuff because I'm a yogi. I practice yoga. I don't have big muscles like you, but I'm flexible. Uh, I should try it. Can you touch your toes? No. I cannot. I did, see, yeah, I, yeah, 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 I was yeah. going to ask you this on your podcast. Challenge your big, Everyone your big laughs, muscle, your big chest. At me at the gym. I can I touch my toes, man. I'm the stiffest Do you want me to do I a demonstration do and you can describe it to your listeners? No, man, I can uh, lift you, my leg, stand on one leg and hold my other leg. That to me is very, very <laughs> impressive. That is very impressive. Wait, I need to do more off topic here. No, no. The point is, you know, let's stop being hypocritical like i said i show up in a place like toronto the energy our lifestyle depends on energy we need to do something about the earth we need to do something but it can't happen overnight what the federal government has done is trying to shove down our throat uh this carbon tax and this environmental plan that's not working as an, uh, and you can tell because all the provinces are, are, are you know reacting against it right let's have first of all a a more balanced debate with some facts in place knowing that we are being manipulated by some outside external you know interests and you know environmentalists that by the way also like uh, the lululemon clothing and the arcterics and all that tom our lifestyle depends on energy we got to do something but 
what Trudeau's trying to do with all these selfies and look good in Paris and all of that, it, it's all a show because in actual practice, we are not solving the problem. So let's do this transition towards a cleaner earth, more in a balanced and phased transition. That's what I'm saying about. First, let's get our facts straight and really tell. So the, what are the some of the facts picture. that are wrong? You're just saying you're saying the the carbon, uh, sorry, the 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 emissions that we're putting out there are nothing. They're not nothing, mm -hmm. but they're very insignificant. We have one of the cleanest oil and gas, uh, like the, the stringent, most stringent environmental guidelines in the world. Now, I also blame the oil and gas industry uh, over the years for not doing a good job of PR, but I don't think there's a lot of people willing to listen to them because now all you hear are the environmentalists who know how to use the social media and all of that and the media to, to promote their viewpoint. I find that the, the oil and gas could do a better job, but we have some of the cleanest standards. Uh, can I bang on the, I, I hear you noise. You can, you know, I guess you can't. Yeah, we're gonna hear okay. it. All right. It's so okay, you bang ahead. I can, leave I can play a little tune here. Yeah. But uh, I guess for us in Ontario, it's. It, I guess most of us don't know, like I myself don't know how much oil is available in Alberta. And I don't really think too much about the impact on the economy being here because I'm so kind of thinking about Ontario all the time. Like what goes through my head is like how much immigration are we happy is happening here, which is a ton population mm -hmm. growth and stuff. But of course, if we have another area of the country thriving, it's a benefit to all of us, um, especially something like oil and gas. But you're but you also think that the current policies and like what is it about the federal government policies that you're not liking? Just that it's a hindrance to the industry, I guess. It's it's a but, but because of the regulations. But, and but the again, I don't want to localize. This is my key message here, Tom. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to localize okay. that just to an industry. I just said this country a day is losing eighty million dollars. It's huge. It's it's this is you know the the equalization payments and all that. So it's people losing money. We have a deficit now in Canada that's what nineteen billion dollars, something ridiculously crazy. You know, it's a, that's what I'm saying about. So I don't want to localize this that the income, the revenue that that industry generates, and you know primary resources. So why is Canada doing this? So why do you think the, is, so you're thinking the federal liberal government could be doing more to promote, to help this industry. They could use the money. So it's just, just optics. It's, I, I am not fond of Mr. Justin Trudeau. Uh, by a long shot, and I, I'll admit to your listeners, I, I, I voted for his dad when I was way younger and all of that, but uh, he was, I had a, He was a character. He was a character, uh, a much better or greater intellect than his son, I hate to say, but I don't want to be bad-mouthing our prime you're, minister. You're throwing down the hatchet there, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm with I, you. From what I studied, I don't remember him. I was young. I did, a, I remember doing a high school project on Pierre Trudeau. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I somehow remember that he used to wear a rose with a little piece of a, exactly. wa a water thing underneath yeah, his he, he, And he would give you the finger. Did you see that on TV? Yeah. I remember. Didn't he give him? Who did he give in the U? Didn't he give the U.S. the finger as he was leaving Washington? Didn't he give Something someone like the finger? That, but yeah. I need to research yeah. that. But I love that story. Yeah. No. But I mean, it's the the, the point, Tom. Is just we 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 need to take that transition over time. So what what I find is yes, it's a lot of show because the actual policy, the environmental policy of our federal government is not having the uh, you know intended impact, and it's not even suiting the provinces. And they they shut down. First of all, as you let's remind your listeners, uh, they bought a pipeline, the Trans Mountain Pipeline, right? They had to buy it. Do you think it's a good idea for a federal government to buy something that should be a private company? Not at all. And I have yet to see how it's going to be managed. And again, even the process we H have. Help me out. Why did they have to buy it? 
because Trans Mountain didn't want to because of all the protesters and all of that and the approval process. Right now, there's a bill in front of the Senate, Bill 69, uh, which C69, which which will make it even harder to have pipelines. So the point I'm saying is, and, and we have, again, I just want to reiterate, we have some of the highest standards, environmental standards and guidelines in the world. So why if... You know, we, we don't build a pipeline. So why they had to buy it? Because Trans Mountain wanted out. They said, you know, we can't deal with all the politics and you guys don't have a good approval process. In the meantime, Tom, and again, I'm not here like I, I, I did bring some articles and a few things to jot my memory and all of that. You know, it's not like I have all my facts at the, at the end of the, or, you know, the numbers at the tip of my fingers. But people, I, I, all I'm here for is encourage people to become more aware of this issue, which impacts all of us Canadians. All right. So I'm about to say at a higher level without all the stacks, uh, the stats at the fingertips, that's you know, fair. what's going sure. on. But um, that's basically what happened. They, they, the Trans Mountain got tired of that. And they said, you you build it because, and, and all it is, Trans Mountain, this is like, this is again, something that you may not know. There's already a pipeline that goes from Alberta to the West Coast, to the BC, right? All they want is to build a, a twin it, another one. And by the way, it's been in place since 1953, the existing Trans Mountain pipeline. So all that project was, was to build a second one next to it, all right? And everybody's all, in, all up in arms. And so basically Alberta's putting, producing a lot of oil, doesn't have anywhere to ship it to. They're tr they're shipping it by train. They're shipping it however way they can, but it's not the same as so you're, being able you're, to. The, the one pipeline is it being used or is it shut down? No, no, the one's being used, but okay. it's not enough to bring that capacity. So they want to double the capacity, basically. So what happens uh, as a result uh, is that the price of oil, the Alberta oil, is significantly lower. Like uh, until a few months ago, it was seventeen dollars per barrel. That too is something I had no idea when I lived in Toronto or when Why? I lived in Quebec. It's lower. I for some Why? reason I thought it was higher because it took more just resources to get that out of the no. ground. Well, a little bit so that that's getting very technical okay. on me tom i don't think i want to go there okay, so okay, like i'm okay. not a subject specialist but yeah our oil is a bit uh heavier to refine and all that but the point is if you don't have any market uh, to to send it to it you got to sell it at a discounted price and a few months ago whereas let's say uh the price of the west texas intermediate so that's a texas standard was selling at about 47 bucks our, our, our Alberta oil was selling for 17 bucks, sometimes at, at some point as low as $14 a barrel. So again, because we don't have anywhere, no market, no access to uh, Tidewaters to sell it to foreign, mark, uh, to foreign markets. In the meantime, we still ship it because we have also pipelines, as you know, Keystone and um, not, anyway, a bunch of others going to the U.S. They refine it. They buy it at 17. Now it's at about $50, the uh, $47 a barrel. Now the Alberta oil, sell it to the American which sell it to the rest of the world. They refine and sell mm -hmm. it to the rest of the world. So we are, you know us Canadians, eh? You know, like we always apologize. Yeah, we're always nice. apologizing. We're always nice. We're too freaking nice in this. So what do you think should happen? We should have a pipeline going down into the States? Well, we should have, certainly Trans Mountain should go ahead. They bought it because Trans Mountain didn't want to, you know, didn't want yeah, to put wanna up deal with the it. demonstrators and all the BS that was going on with it, right? So now... They're finalizing, and then a judge, a federal judge, came out and said, "Well, you didn't consult enough with the natives, uh, you know." So, so now the whole process is delayed, and so we're losing. It's a shame because a I, I feel like. I don't know. It just feels like maybe only five years ago, there were so many jobs out in that area in Alberta. And I know we're keeping this at the national level yep. and you, and it does affect all of us, obviously, yep. if there's that much revenue that Canada could be earning through, I guess I'm assuming taxes and that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, 
just even locally now in yeah. Alberta, it just seems like it's really changed the dynamic oh, of that area. It's terrible, Tom. It's terrible. What's the state of the real estate market out there? Oh, it's terrible. It's really? terrible. I'm surviving with my portfolio, yeah. uh, but income is down. Let's take a typical uh, rental unit. Uh, I'm about, on average, about 150 to $200 down per month per unit on average. And I Got would say it. somewhere okay. about 200 and Of course. So percentage-wise, you're probably like, that's like maybe 20% Oh, yeah, it's huge, if I had to guess. huge. And of course, you know, the city of Edmonton, for example, didn't give me a break on my property taxes and the FCOR utility. My utility bill didn't, didn't get uh, decreased or anything like that. So it's, oh, and by the way, we do have the carbon tax which has been implemented this is two years now that we have it in alberta and, and this is kind of again like okay you're charging me a carbon tax what impact do i have and by the way alberta unlike ontario because you have a lot of programs to subsidize uh, energy efficient technologies and all of that we had that a little bit in alberta but now the money's run out so i'm a, an apartment building owner as your listeners sure. know i'm a, I'm a multi-family guy and uh, I pay more in, in taxes. I have this new tax. And do you think I can pass it on to my tenants? No, I cannot. So it's pretty dire, right? And it's, it's a Because you have, and you, I thought Alberta had no rent controls. We don't have rent control, but <laughs> the economy is so down yeah, that we've had yeah, to lower yeah, our yeah, rents. Yeah, 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 and it. it gets a bit incestuous, I mean, for people interested, especially Edmonton, like, you know, the difference with the real estate market here in Ontario or Quebec, more mature markets, you have way more, the, the housing stock is huge, right, compared to Alberta. When you get to Alberta, Edmonton's a small town, what is it, a million, and same thing with Calgary. And what, you ha what happens now, is that's interesting for a guy like me, because even with my prior knowledge at CMHC, I didn't see this coming. I don't think anybody saw this coming. No, and even the insiders, the oil and gas insiders, didn't see this coming. So, and I, you know, I do hang out with these people, so I do know that they didn't see it coming. But in this particular case, it, it was even worse. There was just, uh, you know, it was almost the, the, overnight. It's overnight, and then you have a clique of small, or large landlords, oftentimes REITs, that they are. Basically, they have the monopoly, like the boardwalk. Board, boardwalk mm -hmm. is out here in Ontario as well, so obviously they started in Alberta. So when uh, there's a downturn like what we're experiencing in Alberta, they, they're loaded with cash, right? They're on the stock market and all that. So they are super aggressive. They lower their rents like there's no tomorrow. And a little guy like me, they're I mean, hard to for, compete against. Well, it's very Are some hard. of these guys, are you noticing if they're buying anything or no? They're just lowering their prices. Oh, to yeah. They're buying at, uh, you know, at about, 20% below market value because they can and they buy cash. Can you try to compete with somebody who's buying cash to a financing? I cannot. <laughs> I raise money, you know, privately. So, so for those people who were not following, do you, would you be able to, and I don't know if you know this or not, what were some of the factors that changed the market in, in Edmonton? It Can was, you just describe it, it so high, everyone Absolutely. Understood? Well, the same fundamentals. So it's unemployment. It's a, we're at about 6.7% unemployment rate. It's a high, way higher than the national average. You know those stats more than me, Tom, but I think we're at, what, 3-something, 4% in Canada overall? You don't even know right now. Yeah, I yeah, believe we yeah, no, no, I know. I've, saw, I've seen in that range, yeah, okay. right? And so we're way higher than that. Uh, there's no, there's no job creation. Uh, people have been being laid off and all that. So that's we used to have incredible in migration. Oh my gosh, people here! I, we were renting out to people in Hamilton who were working in Alberta. Absolutely, family I'm was living surprised. here, flying out there for I, I believe two weeks at a time. You got it. Coming back for a week or ten days, then going out for another Absolutely. two weeks, making a I don't want to say a fortune, but. Good money. Oh, they were like, making a like it was. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, it was no, really was a, a high salary. And then coming $1, back, dollars a day. Yeah, and then friends guys. of mine, uh, some from that Nick went to school from high school, moved out there. Yep. Um, electricians, yep. Good, great paying jobs, also because trades. they were just getting, they were making good money here in Ontario, but making even better money out there. 
Um, Those were the days. Yeah, yeah, they're got gone. It. Okay, that, that is the and idea. So, That's so, what's going so on. unemployment is it's it's somewhat maybe even double the rest of Canada at this point. Not quite double, but okay. it's a three or four points higher. And I and, think, and the big change in all of this occurred because the Alberta oil was just um, doesn't have its way out doesn't have its way out the, the oil industry lost interest in fighting the canadian regulations to make this all work no they're trying to but they're they're worn out like you're fighting against a justin trudeau and, and a system that apparently wants to look good over what was know, the one was there world. one fed policy that changed it all or no it's it, not but it's, it's, it's a, a build up combination of yeah it's a build up of everything like it's the carbon tax uh, it's it's killing we had northern gateway and something that people don't know as well and there's lawsuits going on against the federal government a lot of the natives they want those pipelines you have because they get some royalties well, or of something. course and they, yeah. it creates jobs and they can you know come out of their misery and create wealth like all of us want to do so there's not just the the natives that are against it there's a large and especially north so once trudeau got elected they killed the northern gateway pipeline which is a pipeline that was further north in alberta and through bc to to the coast and that's the first thing they did just like that they killed it now i think they probably regret it because now the, the problems with trans mountain because it had been approved and all of that so it was under it underway but that what, and what's it. british columbia saying are they the roadblock to the second i forget i remember that was in their last election or two elections ago what was what was going well, on well so that just so you had uh, a liberal uh, yeah, uh premier christy clark uh she was all in favor and she got along with rachel and everything yeah, was happened? good and they well she overnight. lost her election then they went ndp and of course john oh, horgan uh, you know, the premier, new premier of British Columbia didn't want the, the pipeline. So, uh, and this has gone to court as well. So that's, that's the situation there. But uh, I'm, I'm told, and this is another stat where I'm, I'm encouraging people just, you know, my point here, like I'm not necessarily no, no, it's helpful because factually I, I, correct, but the gist is the majority of, uh, of uh, British Columbians are in favor of those pipelines because it creates jobs like everybody else. Everybody's got to put bread on their table, has kids in university. I've got two in university. Yours are graduated, I think. Eh? Anyway, I can't stop working, Tom. But the point is, yeah, so that's the majority of the people are in favor of that. Uh, just like, by the way, I don't know if anybody saw that, and uh, I don't watch TV much. Of course, I watch the series on Netflix and Narcos and things like that. But uh, uh, was it three? Uh, I think it's about four weeks, about a month or so ago, before Christmas. The premiers got together with Justin Trudeau, and there's a new premier in Quebec, uh, François Legault, right? Uh, anyways, and uh, I when cannot they, say his name like you just said. Well, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can say Buddha though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the famous squid in, in, in Croatia. But uh, he said, we don't want Alberta's dirty oil. Oh, man, I flipped right in my chair. Uh, and it's interesting, huh. again, these are the kind of perspectives I want to give people. All right. And I'm going to pull politics an article is, on that politics one. Politics is so crazy. But then somebody within a week did a poll. All right. Because the idea is some people, there was another pipeline that was shot down. If you recall, it was the Energy East pipeline. Do you remember that? No. So that's also an existing pipeline where they want, whereby they wanted to reverse the flow of oil and send it to Quebec. Okay. And, uh, you know, uh, the mayor of Montreal, uh, Coderre, whom I used to know years ago when I was involved in politics, I uh, said, nope, not in my backyard, the NIMBY kind of uh, syndrome. And uh, it's interesting. So anyway, a month ago or so when the uh, new premier-elect, uh, you know, met with the prime minister and uh, the other premiers of Canada said, we don't want Alberta's dirty oil. Well, guess what? They, they did a poll and guess what? 65% of Quebecers, they want Alberta's oil. They understand that it's, you know, because all uh, Quebec is a huge 
uh, recipient of equalization payments. As a matter of fact, I think the number out of $19 million that's going to be available in 2019, they're getting like, I think, I used 13, to know this number. Yeah, 13 yeah, it's billion, yeah, yeah. man. It's yeah. like huge, right? So again, like all I'm saying to your listeners, Tom, Educate mm -hmm. yourself. This it's is interesting what you're saying because I've I've sort of stepped back from following Canadian politics somewhat because uh, I probably about ten years ago I dismissed it as having any impact on my life and I don't mean that uh, police force isn't important, firefighting is not important, hospitals are not important. Like I understand sewage systems. Like I understand mm -hmm. the importance mm -hmm. of, of government definitely, and I'm a big believer in paying my taxes for all those types of services. But I just thought beyond that, from what I see, I'm getting uh, for my vote. I dismissed it as like, I think I better just take care of my own life. You know, our whole motto of living yeah. your life on your terms. I'm oh. like, I better just take care of myself here a little selfishly maybe. And that's what kind of got me thinking. I got to figure out how money works. I have to figure out how real estate works because no one's going to look after my family. I'm just going to have to figure this out if I really want to live life on my own terms. But fortunately in Ontario, um, because because maybe we're here, we haven't faced exactly what you faced in Alberta. So this is fascinating to me because there's a situation where you are trying to do what's right for Pierre Paul and your family and your family's legacy. But right in front of your eyes, you're seeing something that could be better with some government changes. And that must just be frustrating as hell because you see the possibilities. Whereas here... I kind of, like we're going through a transition in Ontario, obviously we're losing more and more manufacturing, but because we're still the financial center, there's a lot of high tech jobs and universities here. It's kind of muted a little bit, the yep. impact. It's yep. not that it's good, but I mean, there's just different stuff happening that allows yep. for that to happen without affecting the economy in a devastating fashion. But to you, to you in Alberta and in Edmonton specifically there, when something like this happens in the primary industry, it can have a massive impact and... I could see the frustration. Like I can, I can see how that would be something I've never quite considered before. Well, I you mean, know? and my point to you, and that's why I'm here, yeah. sitting in no, Eastern no, Canada it. and yeah. Ontario, to say, Tom, it affects you. It affects your kids. It affects everybody, every Canadian. But do you imagine my frustration? I'm a so-called multifamily expert, right? I've un I've analyzed more apartment deals than even I say that in my marketing material because it's true. Uh, more apartment deals than the largest landlords in this fucking country. All right. The difference is they weren't my deals, but the approach, the analysis, the financial analysis is identical, right? But except now, you know, my neck is out, right? Instead of being sitting in a cubicle, I'm the guy. And I'm a so-called expert and there's nothing I can do, Tom, to improve the health of my, I shouldn't say nothing, but I mean, as a, as a real estate investor, I don't control a provincial economy or a, an entire industry such as the oil and gas. So it's highly frustrating for the guy that teaches people how to do this well, mitigate the risk. Because at the end of the day, my expertise is how to mitigate, how to assess and mitigate the risk factors as they pertain to buying. But nobody's seen this in history. Even my old office at CMHC, yeah, well, none of the underwriters have seen something, a crisis like this. And here's what's worse. You know, I have contingency fund. When I teach this stuff, you got to have money aside and all that. Like, you know, something three months, uh, being able to, you know, pay your mortgage, make three more months of mortgage payments, assuming 100% vacancy, right? So when the shit hit the fan, I'm okay to last a year, two years, and then my third year, gee, oh, I got to go recapitalize those freaking assets and I got to go back to my investors. This is very painful. And now I'm telling you, 2019 is a write-off for sure and probably, and I'm planning accordingly, 2020 as well, a write-off. What, There's uh, no upside in this market at this very what's moment. What's the per, uh, per, uh, provincial political climate? Like, what is the province of Alberta doing? 
Well, she so she got a raw deal from our friend Justin. Uh, I'm Why? Talking, Why? Uh, I'm, the I'm talking about Rachel Notley, a premier. Well, because she uh, was elected uh, on the basis uh, that she would do something for the environment and that she would Im- Im- impose a carbon tax, which she did. But she did so w- with the understanding from Justin Trudeau that uh, he would he would have the carbon tax across. Uh, she would have a, a pipeline approved, like we would have a pipeline approved in Alberta. Well, guess what? That didn't happen. So, what's Justin Trudeau saying lately about Alberta specifically? They're working. I mean, on he it. must. They're hear. working on it. Yeah, so they're working on it. This is no bullshit. Great. You're asking me. I'm telling you, yeah, they're working yeah. on it. So yeah, well, we got the approval for the Trans Mountain pipeline that they bought. We're working on it. We're working on it. In the meantime, Tom, and this is another significant so you, impact. You, go ahead. Yeah, uh, we're investors. Would you think the money? Do you think investors are coming? Capital is fleeing Canada. Mm-hmm. in huge amounts. So that's what's going on. She, there's a, she's got to call an election before May, I believe, and she'll be out for sure. And then we'll have probably uh, Jason uh, Kenny, like PC, uh, UPC, United Par- Conservative Party, something UPC, something like that, uh, take over. So hopefully we'll see some sign of improvement, but guess what's going to happen to the Alberta car- uh, carbon tax? Same thing is happening in Ontario, Saskatchewan. It's going to be toast. So you think... Um if they were to build this other pipeline that next to the one that exists, what's the name of that one? Remind me. It is the Trans Mountain. Okay, All that's I the wanted Trans to Mount. point out there that is, is the big, that is the, the one yeah. single biggest move that could affect Alberta. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. And Canada, again, I don't want you to say mm. just Alberta, Tom. It's yeah. Canada. It's $80 million a day this country is losing. And the biggest objection from the environmentalists is that this pipeline is bad for well the world is uh you know we've got global warming and all that which i, I again i want to i want your listeners to know i'm not disputing on the contrary i mean i can't see it in my lifetime i've been going to alberta for like 35 years and hiking like i said i go out in these mountains carrying a backpack 40 50 pound backpack i'm not big like you but uh, i can do this and uh, but the point is i can you can see touch your toes I, that's that's I, the whole difference hey, I, knew, the whole difference. I, I knew you couldn't do it but you got the muscles you got the you got the chest <laughs> but i can see the glaciers melting i can see this with my own eyes uh, tom is it cyclical i mean you know i'm not a scientist you know is it just a, a cycle or whatever i don't know but i i worry i worry about it. so we have reasons to worry but you can't kill uh, an economy a provincial economy and, and deplete a country's wealth like that overnight it's not an overnight and again i remind everybody it's it's 0.15 percent that's that what i was going to say because someone listening to this might be saying oh this is all very fine pierre paul but i know it's a selfish thing because your buildings are out there so you want this to happen for you that's why but but, but your point is saying hey the impact on the uh, the environment all here of us yeah. it's equalization payments it's yeah okay income, so you're saying there's hospital. a revenue thing that affects all of us but you're also saying the impact on the environment isn't as great because we have the best is it regulations for processing we do. this the re- yeah and the for actual- processing and for uh, environmental regulations to protect the environment very stringent and there's a lot of technological advances as well again i i also deplore the fact that you know uh, the oil industry doesn't uh, come out and tell these uh, good good news stories but i'm not sure there's a there's an audience for this see again because the debate is too one-sided it's them versus you know us mm-hmm. and that's un-canadian let's work together this is an amazing country i find the whole world is so the polarized yeah. so polarized it makes yeah. me crazy even talking yeah. you can't talk about any subject you say one thing and yeah. someone says you're against it and you yep. know, I consider myself very open-minded and sometimes I'll take a stance one way, but I'm yep. open-minded enough that if you present me with the information, I will evaluate and can change my opinion. And this is what I'm encouraging. All I'm here wanting to do, and I mean what I'm saying, you know, like you, I speak yeah, yeah. from the heart. I don't know how to be any differently. 
I just want to raise people's awareness. Use your forum right here at Rockstar to uh, to kind of let people be aware of this and go and do your own research. Like I'm not here, like I said, I, I don't possess all the facts like specifically because I, I do have a job and I do, I do have things to do, but just be so aware. What, this so is now that you've brought a, this all out to you know our attention, what are some of the things, I guess, that someone in Ontario what, first of all, what should we pay attention to? I guess it's any news on the pipeline activity. Yeah. We should just kind of start observing this stuff because I've kind of, again, partly because I live in Ontario and partly because I dismiss what the government can actually do for my life. I kind of don't pay any attention to that kind of stuff, but in, you're, now that you're bringing this up, I'm going to start paying attention to it. So it's any news around Thank the pipeline. Yeah. Any news around the pipeline um, and any news about the federal government. Um, activity out there, I guess, in the province and of Alberta. Deficit. Pay and attention to the federal deficit, Tom. If oh if, yeah, if I love talking. Don't don't even get me yeah, started. But, I'll, I'll yes, I understand the revenue impact here. But that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So that, that that too, because that's tied to that. that but the reason that politics bothers me so much is you could just see, I could just see how everything gets labeled. Just as we said, it's so one sided. Because if Trudeau comes out for this pipeline, then everybody who is an an environmentalist mm-hmm. in any way now his his own internal team will is likely advising him saying justin you know what if you want to continue taking selfies as the prime uh, prime minister of canada don't be for this pipeline because all these people are going to now not vote for you i'm sure that's just like the bit if i had to boil it all down that's what's happening instead i i want to believe but i don't believe it's happening that he's evaluating this stuff and the federal government is with a real critical eye because they're just thinking about the next election that that's unfortunately how I kind of distill it down. I'm like, they're just thinking about if they're going to get voted in next and if there's no appetite for this. So it's almost like there needs to be a better marketing solution from the industry Mm -hmm. to change the narrative around this from, you know, I had no idea that there was an $80 million a day possible impact on the revenues of Canada if there was oil flowing faster and out of Alberta. The the marketing message needs to be stronger from the industry itself. So that's part of the problem. Mm -hmm. But this stuff, this figure, Tom. Where are you getting this figure, by the way? It's in the national news all the time. Less, yeah, less so in the last few weeks because it was Christmas, the holidays, and all that. This has been in the national media. CTV, you name it, CBC, it's all over the place. But again, and that's why I make a, a point as a civic duty to, for my love for this country to let people know. But the federal budget is everybody, every Canadian's business, and it's at $19 instead billion. We dollars, do, and instead, we do crazy things. I mean, you, you might not know this. I might have mentioned this to you. Uh, my car outside is I have green plates on it. The only reason I got this car is it's, it's green a plate. green plate in Ontario. Or maybe you don't have this in Alberta. No, I don't know what that is. Let us Ontario Ontarians <laughs> teach the Albertan what the green plate is about. The green plate means that you have a hybrid car. So oh. my my car, uh, you can plug okay. it in. Right. It's a gasoline car. It's okay. a very heavy car. It's a heavy SUV. Like it takes, mm-hmm. it probably takes more gas. Mm-hmm. I definitely is not. It should not. Let me put it this way: it should not have green plates on it. Okay. You know, it's a big heavy SUV. Okay. But because it's a hybrid, I get to have the green plates, and what the green plates allows me to do as it, um, I get to drive on the HOV lanes here, the high occupancy okay. vehicle lanes on the highway. Okay. With only one person in the car. Uh, so see. because I have the green plates, even though I don't have multiple people in the car, I can drive on the on the HOV lane. That's the only reason I got this particular SUV. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. Okay. But on top of that. The provincial government gave me a check back for $7,000. Can you believe that? It's a three-year oh, yeah. lease. I didn't even buy this car. It's a three-year... I know. Laughable, right? Laughable. I was going to... By the way, I was going to get this 
with the seven thousand dollar rebate or without it. I mean, that's gone now that uh, Ford is in the uh, premier here. That's all kind of gone. This was the past liberal liberal government that had yeah, this yeah. policy. But uh, when I discovered that I was getting the seven thousand dollar check, I thought, oh my god, it's the first time in my life the government's giving me something back that I really don't think I I should be getting. But I will. You know what? I will take my seven thousand dollar check it, for it, this car. So it, it reminds me in Alberta. So we have the carbon tax. Uh, Nick uh, just joined us, uh, but uh, we have the carbon tax, and I was just telling uh, Tom earlier, Nick, that uh, we've had it for two years in Alberta. And uh, so I, I have to pay it, but I don't have any means because Alberta ran out of money to, to, uh, to provide uh, grants for energy efficient programs. But my kid, who is a student who doesn't pay income taxes because he doesn't earn enough, right? He gets a freaking check too. Does he? What's wrong yeah. with this picture? Yeah. Like, geez, like somebody yeah. slapped me on the head. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. like, what's wrong with this yeah. picture? Yeah, got it. Well, they're fi- I mean, they're just, they just look for anything they can tax. It's yeah. just tax. Like they just look for whatever revenue, they, they try to find a purpose and it's revenue they can tell. I mean, marijuana is the same thing. I, I, that, oh, like, yeah. The thing that blows me with marijuana, I don't, I, whether they legalize it or not, sure, le- you want to legalize it, legalize it, but just come out and say, like the, the, the Ontario government, was, I guess it was, maybe it was federal, I thought it was an Ontario government uh, commercial about why they're legalizing it. And the first thing was like, so that they could make sure they get good quality product. And I'm like, they're talking about the quality of marijuana. And I got to be honest with you, you can get pretty good quality marijuana from whatever biker gangs or whatever you're buying it from before. You know this you for know a fact, I mean? uh, Nick? So, yeah, 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 yeah. So I know, I look, a lot of yeah. my friends I'm smoke a lot of marijuana. About oh, you. It's always <laughs> his friends. It's always <laughs> his friend. Um, you know? But that's what they are. They want to make sure that it's good quality product. You, yeah, you know, like, it's just like just come out and say, hey, look, we need a little bit more money from you. If you use marijuana, we're going to tax you for it. How is it? being sold in Alberta. We, we have an online store here in Ontario. Yeah, we have stores. Is it online but, stores? But do you, do that I would know, but I mean, yeah, we have physical do you have physical stores. stores? They're going to start, p- start selecting them, I think, yeah. in Ontario right now. I think it's yeah. April they open? Something like that. But, 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 but before we go any further, so, so, let's look at this. So I promised Tom I wouldn't be overly partisan and I wouldn't put down Justin Trudeau. I think it's too late for that. Oh, but I'm anyways, all good. Yeah, you're good. Uh, but uh, he, here's the thing. We have a national crisis, which is one of the reasons, as you know, I wanted to talk about oil and just raise people's awareness. Like I said, I'm not uh, pretending to have all the facts straight and all that, but I, the gist overall I do have. And yet what we promoted is something like as stupid as freaking selling pot in Canada. When we have a lot more significant issues, this pipeline and this oil crisis is an issue impacting all Canadians. But again, it goes to show the kind of priorities that our government has completely misplaced, in my opinion. But, anyways, you know, uh, just, uh, who needs oh, yeah. freaking legalize it? And, and they just jammed it down everyone's throat and then told the provinces, hey, by the way, we did it in June. Go figure it out by September. Make it legal. Or October. My, my okay, I'll go be partisan because I follow politics. Since they came power, Justin Trudeau Remember what happened. First, there was the electoral reform, completely toasted. Then, remember, there was the tax reform that we all were all up in arms. I'm telling you, and now this energy uh, environmental policy that's also pretty much a failure with the provinces. He's going to win again. Well, I just. Now that the PCs have been split, right? The PC, didn't Maxim Bernier, whatever, he go off? And I don't know. I don't don't track Canadian politics as much as I even should. Nick, I was explaining I don't track politics because I don't associate them and having any benefit in my life. But hearing. Pierre Paul's story is really kind of making 80 me think million a dollars bit. a day. Can he, you know, so, someone once told me that basically in Canada, it doesn't matter what business you're in, yep. whether it's multi-unit apartment buildings, whether you're it's a real estate brokerage helping investors mm-hmm. and working with investors, or whether you're in a construction business, a contract, or whatever you're in, we are all just tax collectors for the government. <laughs> we all just do it in different ways. And when he said that, I thought, you know what? 
This guy makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All we do, we don't pay our payroll taxes here. In one day, the government's calling. You know, I'm not saying we, we pay our payroll taxes. I just want to go. I no, just no, but a couple times, a couple yeah, times, it's been. We were like, oh man, we forgot to sign the check on yeah. Friday. It goes out, and, and the it's government like one. So it's like years and years of history of being on time, and then like one month, it gets in. You know, one or two days late. Not even a week. Mm-hmm. Like less than a week. Mm-hmm. Government's calling. Yeah, there's pen, and then right away we get sent with penalties and interest on it, oh, and, yeah. and so and we're oh, like. Yeah. Like for years, we've been paying every single month on time. And then, like and because days, we're self-employed, right? you know, when you're self-employed, you do your taxes typically at the end of the year, yeah. and you kind of figure out how much you have to pay. And then, I guess after after you have a history of doing that, the government will call you and say, "Well, you're not. You should pay in installments because we're anticipating that you're going to yep. be making this much." Correct. And I always talk to them on the phone. I love these phone calls, by the way, because I always talk to them on the way. I'm like, "Okay, you're you're the government, right?" I said, "How can you guarantee me that I'm going to be making the same amount of money this year as I did last?" year shouldn't i go out and actually accomplish what i'm trying to make first and then i'll pay my taxes isn't that the agreement that we have in this country but you're trying to tell me that you just have so much faith in me as a good person and as a good worker that i should pay my taxes even in advance of me making the money because sometimes as a self-employed person you might not make your money until maybe the end of the year right depending on what kind of year you're having but the government's saying no pay your installments and they're like well if you don't pay your installments you're going to get i think it's a penalty i'm like well how much is this penalty and they're like well it'll be I think I forget it was like 160 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I think I'll risk that. When, and, I, and then I asked the guy on the phone, I'm like, wouldn't you do the same thing? And he agreed with me. <laughs> he was oh, like, yeah, you know what? Well. If I was in your position, I'd probably do the same thing. I go, okay, good. So we're just going to leave it at that. I'm not Hopefully paying my insurance. The call's not, not wasn't paying, recorded. <laughs> oh, yeah. He still I'm has not, his job. I got, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But uh, but it's funny, you know, going back to the tax issue. That's the idea about the, uh, the federal uh, carbon tax as well, or you know, take the Alberta carbon tax. Really, they're saying it's an enticement for people to pollute less, like use less, you know, their, their vehicle less and less. But at the end of the day, we just proved that it's not solving the problem. It's another form of a tax. It's just, again, it's the hypocrisy here that I, you know, I denounce. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that point completely. Because it's not like there's multiple studies have proven that it's not uh, a, like a something that will re- will help will will cause people to change their behavior, you know. So it's a tax. Call it a tax. You know, just call it like what it is and explain to it that. And you know, so that's I I think that's what I get frustrated with too. Like, you know, we can read between the lines and see what it is, and it's just crazy when you think about it now how much tax, you know, because oh when gosh. you see it, like I I guess you know. I got more insight into it as our business grew a little bit. So our payroll tax went a little bit higher. So once we, once I see what we remit in payroll and then we have a monthly payment from the business that we, that we have to pay like our, our, you know, uh, our Our tax installments. installments. And then we have personal tax. And then when we go to the store, there's the, you know, there's HST, the sales tax. Then there's the (laughs) gas tax. There's LCBO tax. The the, 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 the the liquor store already have tax on. And I'm like, you know, and yeah, for know, every dollar you earn, how much of it is actually yours? It's crazy. You know, and it's I know crazy. the number, the, the date that they say is what is somewhere in June. They say tax free day because it, but it basically it's more than half the money you earn goes to, goes to tax. Yep. I think it might even be more when you yeah. consider I think that's all these just other calculated things. on income tax yeah. and not taking into consideration yeah. all this other it, stuff. It's completely yeah. out. It, it is already. And I think what frustrates me, I, so I used to, well, I used to work in a government organization as yep. well. Um, I used to work government organization. Oh my gosh, when, I used to work for the government as well, Pearson. Oh, that's right. Customs up. We're all ex government employees. We're all out of. There, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so, but when I saw the the way things operated and the amount of inefficiencies and waste, oh, yeah. it blew my mind. I was like, well, no wonder they always need more money because it's just like it, it's the most inefficient way to do anything. And look at what's going on in France. 
right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. that's what it is. They're over, I think in over, France, over excess I, of socialism and overtaxation and all of that, people are. I just saw a headline that Macron came out and said that they're going to ban the protests. I just saw that weekend. headline. They're too. going to now. Wow. I'm sure that's going to go over protest. really well. Yeah, that's going to be a protest. disaster. In the country uh, where civil liberties yeah. and yeah. Uh, the yeah. declaration yeah. of. <laughs> Anyway, okay, are we covering everything that you want? Was there? Yeah, yeah I'm okay. just, uh, like I said, just a simple message. I used to be an Easterner. I, I went to school in Ontario. You know, I, I'm from Quebec originally. Just trying to just make people raise their awareness that this is a national crisis, right? And, and uh, let's start to be less polarized and black and white. You know, the oil and gas industry is not, is not that nasty. It, it provides a good living for a lot of Canadians, and it, it generates income for the rest of of Canada through equalization payments and again check out like you know a lot of these demonstrators environmentalists are funded by oil uh, US I'll have oil I'll, interests I'll be better read up the next time you're here so that when we talk and about this building. we'll have a different uh, discussion yeah we got a bit of a delay but it's still happening this year but we're yeah it's real estate you know <laughs> Let, let's see if you can touch your toe next yeah, time yeah, I come yeah, we'll see yeah that might take oh, me that, five that I have to fill in that, that, Nick yeah, on that one <laughs> no, you guys talk so loud I could hear you in my office through the walls I was listening to your conversation but, uh, listen over the last little while I know you know we first met I think through your multi-unit investing stuff you're going to probably do another workshop in 2000 19 do you oh, know yeah, the dates got, for that can you share so share up. okay yeah, what so are the dates? two lined up one oh you're putting me on the spot may 10th to the 12th it's two and a half day uh workshop that one is in what's in edmonton okay and then hamilton i think it's you have a calendar here i think it's uh, may 24th is that a friday May twenty fourth to the twenty sixth. Yeah, I know. Those What's are the most dates. important is that's my birthday, May, so we're not. Yeah, we don't need birthday. to worry May about that. May two four okay. is Nick's birthday. Yeah, yeah. yeah May twenty fourth is a Friday. Ha yeah, so twenty fourth to the twenty sixth in Hamilton. Well, I'm sure uh, they you have them on your website, maybe too. I what's, do. What's your website? Multifamilyinvestingcanada.com. Mick, multifamilyinvestingcanada.com, and I'm happy to tell you i'm speaking in vancouver on monday night actually uh i'm working uh, developing one in vancouver so yeah awesome oh, so, yeah, good yeah, for you really well. and there's an online version as well but uh i've got uh you know you guys know it's uh the, the last two years i've revamped uh, my content the students uh, two years in a row are rating it nine out of ten ten being the best i'm pretty proud of that cool i, I know how thorough you are with your stuff oh, and i know I how passionate and how much you love your stuff so uh and, and here's the cool thing uh tom so tomorrow morning i'm actually uh shooting a video interview of a graduate student of mine from last year who bought his first multifamily properties and so the way i teach is experiential so we we do case studies we go and inspect an, uh, an actual apartment building company by a professional uh, building inspector so it's very hands-on and what i'm trying to promote now is if you come to the live event i have a package deal whereby you get both the you, to come to the live event two and a half days so it's a, as you said it's a lot of content and you also get the course online what happens this is what i discovered last fall when i had my workshops by people also having the content online i tell them right up front be more relaxed you got they also get a workbook with all the printed slides and they can take notes beside it but because i like to teach through real stories like the stuff we're talking about like i was talking about my income is down my expenses are up or you know financing strategies and all that so i try to by by giving them the assurance they have the course online lifetime access with all the future upgrades and having a binder relax be present in the moment you know, in this experiential uh, format, uh, teaching format. So it's you're, very, very cool. You're, we'll link out on the page for this episode yeah. to your website as well. You're a Appreciate passionate that. guy. You know what? I need to come hiking with you on a glacier. Oh, man. That okay. would be cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. glacier's we, a different story, but I can show you because you need skills, right? You need avalanche skills. And I mean, but come hiking. I, this is true. My, my, my brother-in-law is going for his 50th birthday later this month to Antarctica. Wow. Yeah, 10-day trip. I think he's wow. crazy. 
but uh, he's I, going. I prefer warmer places. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we <laughs> got to do it at some point. I, I need Listen, to do this. Listen, I, I, hey, I'll, 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 I'm dead serious. You come out, I'll organize it. And I, I cook uh, pretty good, decent meals up in uh, higher altitude. Maybe you can teach me it's how to. It's taken me years do to you drink, perfect But do you that. drink good wine? Uh, you can't drink. Hiking, like I'm talking <laughs> overnight hiking, Tom. Because oh, yeah, hiking, yeah. you're carrying a 45, yeah, 50 yeah. pound backpack. Right. You need oh, your yeah, food. Yeah, you need yeah. your food. So if you drink wine, I'm not sure what the end result is going to be of that hike. Below, below, below the mountain. When we get Nick back, is well, good. we celebrate. Yes. We celebrate with good wine. <laughs> I'll right. do it when I can touch my. And toes. It can be a day hike. You know, it doesn't have to be like uh, you know, but even day hikes. But staying overnight is. Uh, no, I could create some magical catching some cutthroat trout oh, behind Lake Louise, like you know, and you just have it for breakfast. I am telling you, this is my territory. Pierre Paul, thank you. I appreciate all of Thank you for having me, you guys. Awesome. Hey, everyone. It's Tom Kratzis. Hopefully, you enjoyed that episode. As you can tell, Pierre Paul is a super passionate dude. Um, So we're grateful that he stopped by so that we can record that. If you are listening to this and you want some Ontario-specific real estate information, you can go to rockstarinnercircle.com. Not only the website, but you can also go to our Instagram feed, which all of a sudden seems to be getting a lot of traction. And that is at Rockstar Inner Circle. So big surprise, that's the name of the Instagram feed at Rockstar Inner Circle. That's the handle for the Instagram feed. Sorry, Rockstar Inner Circle. You can check us out there. Um, And also on the website, rockstarinnercircle.com, you can get free access to all the digital copies of our books by going to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. You'll see three different books there. The most popular one over the last decade now has been Income for Life for Canadians. You can get a free digital copy there. I can't tell you how many Rockstar members have started specifically with that book. One member who now works with us, I'll never forget, told me that he downloaded that book, saved it to the desktop of his computer for a year before he finally got around to reading it, then read the book, came in, bought a bunch of properties, and now we work together. So get a copy of the book, um, Income for Life for Canadians. You can actually buy it on Amazon, um, but you can get a free digital copy off our website, rockstarinnercircle.com. Hopefully you're enjoying this show. Listen, the reason that we're bringing on people like Pierre Paul to share their views is we want to learn as much as possible. So if someone is going through different challenges like he may be in Alberta, we want to know about that stuff because it helps us with our real estate investing in, in Ontario, getting different perspectives from different people all over the country. Remember, you can live life on your terms. We want to gather information about money, about investing, about real estate, about health and about fitness, all for, I guess, the selfish benefits of living life on our own terms. We hope in some small way this podcast is helping you do that thank you for all the feedback so far if you have any um, topics that you want us to discuss any feedback you can always send it to podcast at rockstarinnercircle.com and it'll get through to us until next time your life your terms